Good morning. Happy New Year's to all the people listening in. This is January 1st, 2023. God help us all, we're here. Uh, yeah, we made it. Right? We've survived this long. God help all of us. And everybody else, for that matter. Mm-hmm. It means you can't kill us that easily. Um of that. This Leather and Limits episode 14, Live Etiquette. Something that we've certainly talked about a few times, but we've never actually like broken down and gotten into the details of. And I think it's it's definitely one of the more important, not so much BDSM 101 as behavior in the kinks plane 101 in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because online is a whole different beast. You know, it's it's got the digital era flobbles that go with it of how to DM and whose server is whose and all the other fun shit that goes with that. <laughs> Never mind the surface feeders, as I'm fond of calling them. Uh, <laughs> I like it. it. It all stems from being online. But it's mm-hmm. nev- not even close to the same as a live venue. Not even by a stretch. Um, Going I, to a venue is definitely a whole different experience. Oh, God, yes. And it's an experience I miss terribly right now. I won't lie. It's mm-hmm. been a few years. <laughs> I'm hoping <laughs> to change that soon. But, you know, baby steps and all that. Real life shit. <laughs> Whereas you've oh. had the luxury of running one quote-unquote luxury (laughs) yeah well i'm lucky enough that it's not just me running it i'm with a group of people running it right which obviously creates its own problems too but it helps spread out some of the stress oh i'm sure but yeah when i've i've had the pleasure because it it has been fun and it, it is somewhat reinvigorating for me to see people come in and, you know, I always ask people at the door because you can tell who's been there before, who hasn't. Oh, yeah. And it's always like, you know, have you been here before? No. Is this your first time in any play space? And when they say yes, I'm like, ooh, okay, so this is exciting. You know, and we always ask, would you like a tour or would you rather kind of figure stuff Feel out on your, your own? Around, right. Yeah. Because some people, some people don't get overwhelmed that easy. So they're like, no, I can wander around. I'll be fine. And then you've got other people that are just deer in the headlights and they're like, oh, God, yes, please. I need an ambassador. <laughs> um, and so we we do that. Like we have people that'll walk them through and help orient them just to the physical space because the, the play oh, space yeah. is large. You know, there's some venues that when you walk in, you see the entire space. You're looking at right. the entire room. And, and then there's, there's other venues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of other venues or especially like if you go to a convention, if you've never been to a physical play space and then you step oh, into yeah. a convention. That's a whole nother beast. Oh, yeah. And that's very overwhelming because you're dealing with a ton oh, of people, yeah. a ton of things happening at the same time. Now you've got a mix of vendors and demonstrations and lectures. If, and If you've never been to a convention, I recommend going to a vanilla form convention like comics or BlizzCon or something else long before you attend a KinkCon. It's two different yeah. layers of assault on the senses. <laughs> that's true and a vanilla con is not nearly as assaulting in the sense of you already know what mm-hmm. you're going there for and it's one specific subject group whether it's a ces show where it's all going to be video games or mm-hmm. toys or models whatever it's going to be but you expect certain things there's always going to be the cosplayers and the you know the signers and the the big name companies ready to show off something new all that great shit mm-hmm but you're there as a simple goer, and that's that. When you go to a King Con, there's a good chance there's other elements going to be involved before the day is through. Yeah, I, I think 
I don't think that that's bad advice because it is a full assault on the senses. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you add a layer of what we do on top of it, right. the sounds, the smells, everything like that mm -hmm. just adds a whole nother layer of things that you can't focus on. Or it can be extremely distracting. Well, never mind. Um, there's a higher chance of getting con crud for that matter as a direct result of the <laughs> things we do too. Let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, no, for those no, that are okay. actually unaware or don't live in a country where they have conventions and this is a know-how lingo thing, for those people, con crud is the general term for the general level of infection in a place that is a large but enclosed venue with hundreds of people going asses to elbows at all times. There's a good chance that if somebody's sick and near you, you may very well pick it up and you don't realize until you come home and you feel like a truck mm -hmm. hits you. And half the time, you don't even know what it is right away. That and a lot of people, <laughs> and a lot of people will tell you that they go through con drop. So oh, yeah. you know, and that's like you know, a couple of days later, it hits you all that the euphoria the of meeting yep. new people. Yeah, but the euphoria of meeting new people, you know, all the new exciting things. You know, you start seeing all the stuff that you bought, and you know, the sticker shock really sets in, and the value of things really sets in, and yeah. people get really depressed. Oh yeah, and it can last for a couple of weeks for some folks. Well, I mean, like honestly, I've seen that. I mean, I I had friends oh, yeah. who were regulars at. They were actually in several different cons. One, they attended BlizzCon religiously because they were big WoW players. Okay. They went to furry cons because they were into that as well. And then we, mm -hmm. they would go to comic cons for a variety of reasons. So they yeah, were very, I wouldn't say expert so much as very veteran con goers. And that really mm -hmm. is a thing because you become prepped mm -hmm. for what kind of experience it is. But at the same time, the drop hits harder because you live for it. You know what you're walking into. You're looking forward to the assault. Mm -hmm. So when it's done, your body kind of has to readjust to being the non-existence of all of that, especially if it's something you're enjoying. Well, and that's that's the other thing, right? So, I mean, I think kind of getting back into going into etiquette and like play spaces, um, being aware of those limits within yourself. And for a lot of people, you're not going to know until you're in the situation. Oh, for sure. You know, and that's completely valid. You know, oh, yeah. you never know till you know, <laughs> and you don't know what to ask Truth. until you don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's definitely a thing. But let's get back to actual etiquette, dealing with real people. Ironically, I yeah. got off on that tangent as a direct result of the, the ambassador greeter idea, simply mm -hmm. because I remember back in the day. Now, granted, this was, you know, 20 plus years ago. You know, old. We're at, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So be it. It means I've seen some shit. Enough said. Moving on. Um, but I still remember attending fetish factory venue parties, which mm -hmm. were the size of a you know small village. Mm -hmm. And I still remember people at the door greeting people as, "Oh, you're a virgin. Come with me." Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was a different time and a different mentality. Marvel. But I yeah. am glad we've moved away from that in general. I appreciate mm -hmm. why it was a thing then. But I appreciate more the fact that we recognize it would no longer be so acceptable today, and it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing. Because the premise was never it to is. be torturous or to instill bad things. It was meant to be a joke, a harmless joke for you're coming in off the street and attending this gigantic venue. But it was a world with very different sensibilities back then, too. 
and I think it was important to be able to recognize the world doesn't look like that anymore. You can't use those phrases like that anymore. It will instill a different message. And that's certainly not what you want newcomers to take in. Mm-hmm. I- I'm with you on that. And I think, no, that's, that's well said. You don't want newcomers taking that in. And you don't want people reinforcing bad behaviors. Right. Which I think is, it's going to happen because you don't know it's a bad behavior. And I think that's part of that self-discovery, right? It's until your peer group kind of checks you and says, hey, mm -mm, don't do that thing. You really don't know that you shouldn't do that thing. And so you're unaware. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, it's like when we talk about consent and we refer to when we hear people refer to corrupting the vanillas or scaring the vanillas. You got it. Yep. That reaction is instant. It's instinctual. And I am right there with you. I get where it came from. And and I do think most people mean it in jest when it's used. The reason why I feel it's not. And the reason what the reason why I have such a strong visceral reaction to it has a lot to do with. I'm going to talk about the film should, that should not be named. No, so, I, absolutely. It's appropriate. No, it is. So, so when Fifty Shades came out, there was a lot of energy in the community for a lot of different reasons. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people were mounting what I'll call passive-aggressive protests and passive-aggressive displays. Yes. Because it became, oh, my God, we have to correct the information. Instead of just letting a film be a film and it be trash. The problem that I saw, and I saw it in my own local community at the time, several of the local area players decided, well, we need to make a show of force to show people what it actually looks like. And they decided to go to movie theaters and stand out front and all their regalia with implements clearly visible and hand out like pamphlets. Like they legit handed out pamphlets about consent, handed out pamphlets about, um, you know, BDSM and terminology and things like that. And I've never cringed so hard in my life. I would appreciate that more if they had been in plain clothes. I still don't think I would have liked it, but I would have appreciated it more. No, no, I didn't appreciate it at all. And I'll tell you why there are children present. Number one, dealing with a generic public that are seeing that film not for that reason and and i understand everyone's fear of oh my god they're going to go home and try it and they're going to choke out their partner and like i get it and yes people are dumb and that's going to happen however i also believe in darwinism to a degree yes but yes another another kind of flip side to that that irritated the crap out of me is again you're forcing your belief system onto someone else who's completely unaware Yes, And that was the part that graded my, it should have been passing out pamphlets saying, if you want more information, just go here. Leave it at that. There doesn't need to be infographics. There doesn't need to be, it's like, if you've watched this film and you're genuinely curious, here's a resource for you. Boom. End of story. Now, I know a lot of area play spaces that also partnership with like local colleges. So they give presentations in like human sexuality courses and things like that. Why not? I'm good with that. No, no, I'm good with that because that's wanted and it's. And it's in the appropriate space. I mean. Absolutely. And it's in a learning environment, right? You're not talking about kink for kink's sake and you're not like, oh, here's the proper way to spank your partner. It's literally here's, you know, let's, let's open the mind because we're talking about bigger topics. So there's, there's an appropriateness level. 
well, is what I'll call and it. And it's at colleges where, you know, it's the adult factor to begin with. Like everyone is considered mm-hmm. of legal age mentally to some extent, even if they're still feral. But they're, <laughs> yes. you're attending a college, it's higher education. It's usually privatized mm-hmm. education at that point. It is voluntary. You mm-hmm. are expected yep. to be a responsible grown up in those halls. So bringing a sexuality topic of adult maturity to it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I, and that's, but see, again, to me, that is where etiquette and thing comes into play that goes outside of a play space, but that's where it starts because for some people that may be their first taste. That may be their introduction. Exactly. Now at this point, I'm sorry, at this point, everybody is kink aware. Everybody knows because it's the butt of jokes in the workplace. It's the, like people know they're not dumb about it. They just don't know the ins and outs. It's different when you live it. It's yes. just different when you live it, right? And the other the other flip side to that is for people that engage in it, not everybody lives it. And that's okay. Yeah. Like you don't have to live it 24-7 to have a valid kink identity. Not you know, it's course. okay to be a kink tourist and just like to go to parties to look at sexy people. That's a completely valid fucking or thing. maybe you go to random munches now and then just to feel like you're in the know, but really you just hang out with a couple of good buddies who do events themselves and you don't do mm-hmm. kinky with them. It's just well, and I staying think, in touch with it. And that's okay, too. Whether it's well, because it's, it's, you have a partner that doesn't or whatever the reasons might be and you're being ethical about mm-hmm. it and you're just not involved in the community. That doesn't but make see, it I think it's valid. different. No, no, I think it's different than that, though. I think, I think right. the reality of it is sometimes alternative people who think alternatively like being around other alternative people. It doesn't matter what oh, the alternative definitely. subject is. And I think kink gathers a lot of those people. Oh, fuck yes, it does. <laughs> but it does, right? So to have a bunch of people show up to munch and they're like, oh, no, I'm not kinky at all. I just like hanging out with you fuckers. Cool. You know You're not what? making fun of us or staring at us like people in a zoo. So I appreciate no, that. Because they know what okay. that is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the reason that you could put 10 kinksters in a room and I can say furry, gamer, yes. tabletopper, role player in general. And mm-hmm. I can guarantee you at least half of them will hit one of those four, if not multiples of them. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. There's a reason they all coalesce in the same corners, because it's all about an intellectual pursuit. And kink mm-hmm. is no less an intellectual pursuit, despite what we do with it. Agreed. Then, you know, playing video games or, you know, anything of a higher intellectual persuasion. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that kinksters will gravitate towards similar ideas and vice versa, like you were just saying. I know plenty of gamers who would never dive deep into what we do, but like I have a gaming crew personally and they will, you know, talk shit in a kinky way to each other while we're playing and never think twice about it beyond surface. Mm-hmm. It's not where their life is, but it's an accepted okay. part of their jingo. Mm-hmm. And I see nothing wrong with that either because they're not judging it. It's mm-hmm. not being taken negatively. It's not being presented to the wrong crowd, which is just as Correct. important. Correct. And I, but see, that to me is where a lot of the stuff with etiquette starts is oh, yeah. that people who are already in the community need to have a base level understanding and appreciation of these different intersections. And I think that. that. Most people coming in obviously are blissfully unaware, right? You don't know what you don't know and everything is beautiful. Yeah. But then you've got people that are in that are fully aware of these intersections and decide I'm not interacting with them. And so they start 
ostracizing different segments. And then they encounter a new person and they get offended when the new person makes a quote faux pas because they didn't know any better. And they just write that person off. But no one bothers to take him aside and actually talk about what they did. No, absolutely. Because my thing is this, not like, because not everybody is called to education like we are. Not everybody is people oriented like you and I are, right? So my thing is this, if you are that type and you know that you don't like engaging with, but I'll say stupid questions or you don't like dealing with ignorance, things like that, completely acceptable. Nobody's saying you have to, but at least have the grace to say, you know what? Those are some good questions. I don't really have the capacity for that right now. Maybe you should go talk to this person. Or Let them an, explain that to you. Of the monitors. Or, or the event organizer, right? Situation. Right. Just right. because those go talk people to this will person. at least be able to direct them to the right place. Mm-hmm. And it's okay exactly. if you can't. But you know yeah. if you're – even if you're at a mosh or a, a munch or a slosh or any of the above, there's always someone who organized it. Mm-hmm. And if some newbie approaches you at a munch, even at a munch, which is cursory level, it's not even a play-space event, you should at least have the decency, if you were there, even if they make a mistake, to have the decency to send them in the right direction, even if you don't want to take the time out to correct them yourself or be decent about it. At least mm-hmm. point them to the right people. It To me, that is your duty as a gangster, only in the sense of community does not take care of itself. Correct. Everyone has to be part of it for it to work correctly, even at the mm-hmm. lower level. I don't care if you attend a par- private party once a month because you've already done all the other work and you just don't bother anymore. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. You're still a kinkster in community. Mm-hmm. And if you want that community to maintain the way you're enjoying it, you got to put a little bit of work in. You don't need a lot, but you need a little. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and that's, and that's why I say what I say about how a lot of this goes, right? Because I think that kind of sets the stage and tone for how people interact in a play space. Absolutely. And, and that right there is how you start predicating your, your etiquette. And I will say this. Those are the people listening that have never been to a play space and they're considering going. Google the venue that you're going to go to. Go to FetLife, see what kind of events they have, check out the organizer's page, and try, try to see, like, what, what kind of folks am I going to be encountering? And be aware before you step in, because one of the things that I have also found, people will go to a venue and not know jack shit about the venue and who runs it. And so one of the things that I have encountered, and I know it's blatant sexism, so you have to turn that off a bit, but, you know, I'm, I'm the person on duty that night, I'm the host Somebody walks in, yeah, I'm brand new. I introduce myself. Hey, you know, would you like to be shown around? Yeah, so who's in charge here? You motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> and so that, that yeah, happens somewhat. They I'm don't sure they don't realize like who they're talking to. Right. And so you've explained to them, like, yeah, I'm the one that's running this or I'm the one that's like running the event, whatever. And they kind of go, Oh. They got like I'm somehow not what they expected. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Oh, so you're the person that I should be asking questions. And I was, so I was telling me or the people with the armbands, like you can tell us, you can tell staff apart from just party goer. And I always point out at least that much. Come find me if you have a question, come back up here to the door if you have a question or find anybody that's got an an armband, right? We're easily findable. That right there chills out 95% of the problems. I really think. 
Because it gives um, them an outlet for any confusion mm-hmm. they may have, even if they find they don't need an answer to it. Exactly. And I think the the other reason why that can be beneficial is most people, when they walk through the door, they're so overstimulated between the anxiety of getting in the door, <laughs> the nervousness of what am I going to find, hearing what you're going to hear, whether or not there's sex, you know, like all of those different things come into it, right? And so people are so overstimulated that whatever you tell them at the door, they don't fucking remember. And I don't think it's fair to ask them to remember because we've, we all know what that's like. But I oh, think if yes. new people... <laughs> No, but seriously, but having new people that walk in and understand I'm new and I don't know anything and be humble that you don't know. That's kind of the other thing. Be humble about it because people are going to want to show you and you by just observing, you're going to start picking up on the etiquette of the play space that you're in. And I will say the etiquette of play spaces changes from space to space. So it does get confusing. It gets so confusing. Um, I mean, some general accepted rules that I'll dive into. Um, If you see people doing something physical, keep like a five-foot buffer. I'll say a four- to five-foot buffer, minimum. And a lot of people ignore that. And not, like some play spaces will actually tape out areas on the floor so that you know what that space looks like, and other places don't. Most of the play spaces that I run in don't block it out for you. So you have to visually be able to estimate, hey, am I too close to that flogger? Am I too close to that person using a whip? You know, what is my safe distance? If you're not sure, back the fuck up. I mean. Well, see, what I've always told people, because it also helps those that are neurodivergent, if you are walking past a scene or you are walking past people and you see them turn and look at you, you're too close. That's fair. I like that. Because, because uh, I'll use this. Like neurodivergence, you don't pick up on so- social clues the way everyone else around you oh, might. not at all. And so you may miss some of that. But one of those key things that you can look for and instantly know, ooh, here's what Knox was talking about. Yeah, if you walk past somebody and your energy enters their scene enough that they look up and look at you and make eye contact, you are way too close. Oh, that sure. should never happen. They shouldn't be looking at you. And I think that's, to me, that, that right there is a no-brainer for most people. Another one is, if somebody's playing and you see a bag of toys sitting there and you're curious about them, don't fucking touch them. Don't touch anything. I feel like don't touch is that number one rule no matter what venue, what space, what party type, what much. It's a kindergarten thing, but people get excited and they forget. And yeah. I've, so I've actually had this happen to me. I, so I was at a local club that shall not be named. And... <laughs> I'm playing away, luckily with an experienced submissive who I had played with a couple times. Okay. And I use some custom toys. So some of my shit is very unique. Um, it sounds different than a lot of other toys, so it is very um, attention-grabbing when I'm in scene. Oh, yeah. Part of why I like it. <laughs> and a couple comes in, really nice couple. I had noticed them because I'm... I never tune out completely from my surroundings. It's just one of those things. And because I'm an organizer, I tend to try to pay attention. So this couple comes in and they sit down on a couch that's right next to where I'm playing. And the couch is a place people can sit down and observe. Like that's, it's a normal thing. And it's far enough back that they're not in my space, but I'm aware that they're there. 
And my bag is sitting open because I'm grabbing tools from there, using them on the person and then putting the tools back and, you know, kind of going back and forth, right? That's my little station. I, out of the corner of my eye, I see the guy look over and he's checking out my bag. So I start paying attention a little more because I'm like, okay, no, and not thinking anything nefarious is going to happen, mind you. Like it's more just like, clearly he's got questions and now I'm curious to see what grabs his attention. Right. And then I see, and then I see it. His little dick beaters start coming out and he starts (laughs) digging through my toy bag to like, look through my stuff. And so I stop, I let the sub know. There's an issue with somebody getting too close to us so that they know why my attention's diverted and that they're still right. safe. And I turn around full-fledged, can I help you with something? And the guy's like, yeah, this stuff is all really cool. And I said, so I'm in the process of using all of this. And what you just did was basically walk into my garage and start fiddle-fucking with all of the tools I'm using to build a cabinet. <laughs> and the guy just looked at me and I was like, does that ring a bell for you? And he's like, Yeah. Shit, I'm sorry. And I was like, would you walk into somebody's garage and start touching all their Makita? And he goes, right. no. And I was like, you know, so why would you come into my my shed and start touching all of my tools? And he was like, oh, fuck, man, I'm so sorry. And I was like, listen, I'm not mad at you because you clearly don't fucking know. And he at least kindergarten rules it. apply. Oh, he totally owned it. And he was graceful about it. And I said, when I finish here, I'm more than happy to sit down with you and your partner and go over what's in my bag. And let you see the stuff. I'll even let you hold it. But let me sterilize it first because this has been touching this person's naked body. And now because of you touching these things, I have to re-sterilize. Yeah. And he was so embarrassed. He was like, ma'am, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I was like, listen, I'm not mad. Let me finish. And then then we can sit down and, and like have a nice chat. And he was embarrassed as all hell, which thank God. And um, he ended up leaving. Him and his wife, they left. And I learned it was his wife because of future interactions because they did come back and he came up to me and we did like a proper show and tell. And he told me that that night he was just so embarrassed that he just, he left. And, and turns out he thought he was dominant until he met dominant people. Um, He's since found out that he's more of a switch. And so, but that was the thing is because my attitude wasn't, ew, what the fuck are you doing? Right. His attitude was one of learning and he came back, which is what you want. Oh, like, absolutely. you don't want to chase people out, right? And and to me, his faux pas, while egregious to our standards, outside of our standards, wasn't that egregious. And I'll use the swinger community as a prime context, because now we're <laughs> seeing more and more overlap with swingers and kink, right? Oh, yeah. The swingers version of consent is very different. Swinger version of touching is completely different. Oh, yeah. And so... And, and I found out this was a swinger couple. So to me, it made total sense why they were so willing to, oh, hey, what is that? Oh, hey, that looks cool. Right. Hey, we can sit here and, and basically ogle and gawk because that's what you're here for. Because you're here to be seen. And that's like mm, a little no, different but in I, our context. Yeah, coming from the swinger community, that makes total yes. sense. Because, yeah, when you enter those spaces, there's an active mentality going on the moment you walk through the doors and it's one of a certain degree of comfort because the nature of Mm -hmm. what they're doing so it absolutely makes sense and yeah them needing to understand the nuance difference is important because no you come into kink spaces and we're not like that in fact we're the opposite as much for safety Mm -hmm. as anything else it's not even just personal peeves exactly and that's that's why yeah 
And that's why I refuse to just go off on people. Like, I don't think no. it's appropriate. Now, I will say, are there times that people need to have that cold water dumped on them? Yeah. And I've had that happen, too. Um, I mean, because I've had people touch me in a scene that we're observing. Mm, no, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I find that because I'm female presenting, it happens a little more often with me than it does some of my male presenting counterparts. But I've been in the middle of flogging someone and had somebody come up and put their hand in the center of my back and they're like, hey, me next. Nope. And I was like, I'm sorry, am I a circus monkey here for your fucking performance? See, I've had and the guy, and the guy looked at me. But I've, I've had those okay. happen. Verbal I can handle because I can tune that out and be like, I'll get with you when I'm ready. Usually, but yeah. the physical touching is like... See, most of the time, I 100% agree with you, and I've only ever had one touching incident, so I'll, I, I won't okay. pretend to understand the depth of how often it must happen to be a bigger problem. I get it, because I didn't like it either. Um, mm -hmm. The verbal was a case where there's only one time where it really irked me in a real sense, and it's because they were... A they got a little too close. I was on... I had someone on a spank horse. I was doing a basic demo for some newbies. And they got really close before the monitor could catch them and kind of move them back a bit, which was something that the monitors there did is they'd back them up just, to, hey, you know, there's a, there's a minimum distance you need to keep for safety. You know, nothing bad, but he, he got a little closer than the monitors could catch right away. And all of a sudden you just heard him go, dude, I need you to do that to my girlfriend. Well, and that's he said it really loud, really close awkward because the monitor didn't get to him fast enough to back him up and it just happened to be the timing so what ended up happening is everyone in the immediate vicinity looked including the person i was beating which is understandable and you know we had to pause let them get their headspace back on right and i asked if they wanted to continue or not and they're like yeah i just need a minute to reconnoiter that very much kind of threw me it's not of course give me you know let me go talk to him real quick take a minute i'll get mm -hmm. you back into space and we'll resume and I went off and I, dude, I totally appreciate that was probably intended to be a compliment. Sure. But right. you need to understand that being that close, which was already technically not okay, someone mm -hmm. just hadn't got to you fast enough. Doing so that loudly and that close can absolutely, like it just did, almost break a scene. Oh, totally. And while he was he was new enough to not fully understand what he did, he understood enough to recognize that he made a boo boo. <laughs> Which you know, honestly, getting people to I understand that part, yeah, yeah, that that like, to me is the hard I'm part. So fucking sorry, I didn't mean. I'm like, no, no, I'm not mad at you. I understand you didn't mean it. I promise. I recognize mm -hmm. there was nothing ill intended. Which is why I'm talking to you about it instead of mad. Mm -hmm. But please for your own sake and for those that you're attending to, because I want you to be able to enjoy the space and keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be an error simply because you didn't know better. So here's your moment. Just recognize that you should give yourself a good five to 10 feet. And if you really want to say something to the person, either wait. do it quietly or wait till it's over. And well, I assure you, know, the you other most thing... of us will happily talk to you. You just well, got to give the time something. where it is. <laughs> the other part of honestly, the other part of that is you don't want somebody who's new to come in and get marked, so to speak, no. and ostracized because of a very minor faux pas because they just were uneducated at that time. Because I've seen that happen too, where oh, people totally. they come in because I so one of the other dungeons that I helped run for a very long time in my life. Um, 
we had legacy issue. I know, right? <laughs> Kink royalty. Now, um, so one of the, one of the problems that we had, there was a group that would come in every month, and it was a big group, and it catered to newbies. And so we okay. always knew that that night we needed more staff. Um, <laughs> and it was just because people just didn't know. And you end up doing more demos. You end up, you know, kind of grinding oh, yeah. a little bit more. So going from scene to scene to scene, right? And not not having really in-depth scenes because people just want to experience stuff and they're curious. Totally. And so like out here on the West Coast, you hear them called tasters. On the East Coast, we don't say that word because it sounds fucking gross. But um, it's the same principle. Yeah, I know. What you're but it's the about. same principle. Yep. They do it in like the Midwest too. So yeah, I, you're not eating anything. It's just fucking gross. But it's like no, um, that happens behind closed doors and none of my business. Thanks. Right. <laughs> like you don't do that in front of the whatever. <laughs> so, anyway. but we had we had a group of people that came in, and there was one guy who was overexcited. Of course. Definitely overstimulated. Definitely hyperexcited. Was extremely aroused and just doing. What I'll say is dumb boy shit. And oh, no. now to be fair, and the grand scheme harmless. Right. And the grand scheme not dangerous. And the person was polite. The negative side of this was he did this at two separate parties. So he got uh. earmarked. So by the time the third and fourth party came around and he actually got a play partner. The person attempted to vet him, knowing that he was brand new, but wanted to see what his, you know, what was the etiquette like at the other parties? Like, how was this person? And the guy was negatively vetted quite harshly. Oh. And I found out about it. And so I actually went up to the person because I was like, hey, so you didn't ask me to vet this person, but can I give you some background on what I saw as an organizer? And she was like, yes, please, because I'm hearing some really horrible shit. And I was like... So to be fair, dude is brand new. Has he been upfront with you about that? And she was like, yeah, he told me that he doesn't know anything. And so we're kind of going to just sit down and kind of learn this together. And I was like, okay, good. So he's not lying about his skill level. Great. Good, yeah. You know, and I explained to her why he had been judged so harshly. And she was like, that makes total sense. I completely understand where that comes from. Thank you so much for setting it straight. Guy ended up turning into a community leader. Um, and it took a couple of years, obviously it, it was not a, sure. a simple process, but the guy ended up running several groups on his own. And when I say dude was awkward as fuck when he came in, like, I can't exaggerate. <laughs> like he was so fucking awkward. But he would constantly, he would, he would come into the scene. Like you'd be in the middle of a scene and he would come in and sit down, cross his legs and like sit down on the floor, like a kindergartner and just stare up and watch you. And it was like, you're basically under my cross. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you can't. No, this is weird. Like, now my sub is staring at you, and now I'm staring at you, and it's fucking awkward. And he didn't understand that, that his thought was, I'm out of the way. Right. His, his thought wasn't, I'm entering your space. And he didn't understand the energy exchange that happens during a scene. So he didn't understand that we could feel it. Right. So that was, that was a very weird-ass thing. Um, that was so weird. Oh, and sure. then, <laughs> you know... Some other some other things that I've noticed too, and it's it's something unique. I will say this <laughs> to <laughs> very well. I'm trying I'm trying to think of how to say this correctly, and I don't know how. Um, Throw it in the wind. 
<laughs> I call it the sorority effect because what happens is you have like a group of girls yep. come in together yep. and they're so excited and they're together. So they're with their safe people, their, their bubble, right? But they don't understand that it's like almost like movie theater rules, right? Like it's not a church, but for fuck's sake, like it's not a, you know, it's not a church, not a library, but at the same time, like don't be obnoxious. Right. And so we had this group of girls come in. And everything was funny. Everything was giggly. Oh, my God, that's so weird. Oh, my God, I could never do that. Oh, my God, oh, my God, look at that. Oh, my God. And it was detracting from the entire mood of the event. Oh, I'm sure. Because uh... the mood of the event was a hardcore night. So it was one of those where the music was industrial. The play was a little heavier. There was lots of screams, a lot of nudity. And these girls came in, and it was like... It was like watching Legally Blonde. Um, like they were nice. No, and that was the shitty part is they were nice and they were right. excited. And that part was fun. And so, of course, I go over and encounter them because I'm like, hey, you know, do you guys have any questions? Is there anything that you want to learn more about? You know, is there anything you want to see? And they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. So <laughs> I, I usher them into like a private area so that they're contained. And the noise is lessened for the other folks. Um, I had one of the other monitors turn up the music a little bit higher to kind of drown out some of the bullshit. There you go. But, you know, the same token, you don't want to dampen their spirit, right? Like, I'm happy they were excited. Like, that, it's contagious. Oh, no, absolutely. It was cute. But at the same time, you kind of got to temper it, right? And so I was like, hey, so, so here's why coming in and screaming at the top of your lungs is really not okay. And here's why giggling while people are playing can be seen as rude because a lot of people are body conscious. You know, a lot of people come here for body empowerment and to have a group of girls giggling, there's a lot of submissive people that will automatically internalize that into their laughing at me. And as soon as I said that, it was like a dose of cold water on all of them. And they were like, oh my God, I had no idea. Should I go apologize? And like, so that makes it worse. Do (laughs) me a favor. We're just, we're just going to sit here. And like, I'm going to pull out a couple of things and you guys can hit each other with it and do whatever you want and have a great time. And I will come back and check on you in a few minutes. And they were like, fuck yeah, that sounds great. They ended up See, having a great time. That's pretty cool though. But that's what I wanted, right? Like I, I want people to have a good time, learn how to do it safe, learn how to not be obnoxious, interact with the people around you in a positive way, you know, because yeah. there's, there's a lot of things like I, this is turning into Knox's pet peeves and running a play space, but um, and it happens here's, when you do it. Here's a, here's another etiquette thing. If you know the person you are playing with is loud as fuck, <laughs> do people a favor and warn a motherfucker or gag them. <laughs> well, man, I mean, I, I like hearing it. Oh no, I like and it. I. I'm right there with you because I've I've had loud partners who at mm-hmm. times I didn't know were going to be loud until it was too late. <laughs> and that's and a moment. It. And there's like, well, we're already here. Not much I can do now. I'm not stopping. <laughs> so my slave is loud. My slave is very loud. My slave does nothing quiet. She does not orgasm <laughs> quiet. She does not get beaten quiet. She doesn't get tickled quiet. It happens. She doesn't get zapped quiet. Like, there is not a quiet bone in this girl's body. <laughs> and God bless her for it. That being said, 
your tears are delicious I, more. <laughs> absolutely. But because I know this about her, I tend to angle her in rooms differently, knowing how her sound is going to reverberate. Oh, totally. On I the flip side, you. on the flip side, on one of our harder play nights, my husband is playing with her. Because for those that don't know, we, we share a slave. Right. My husband decides to play with her. Only he's he can be obnoxious, and he does it for effect. Like, I'm obnoxious in completely different ways. But this night, he decides to ratchet it up because he's Mr. Showman. Oh, no. And he puts her on a spank bench with her head in the hallway and proceeds to beat the ever-living piss out of her so that like her screams are echoing. <laughs> Dude, it was... It was so bad. I I actually stopped their scene. Like I'm laughing, I was... but I sympathize with you on that one. Just so we're clear. Like, See, I wasn't embarrassed or anything. This. Sure, sure. Yeah, I wasn't embarrassed or anything. Like it was funny, and everybody that was there that knew us knew it was him being funny. Right. But but the same token for the people who didn't know us, they were like, "What the <laughs> fuck is happening? And why is that allowed? Why is that being broadcast?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, you know, etiquette-wise, was that horrible? 120%. Yep. You know, was it entertaining and blah, blah, blah? Sure, of course it was. You know, likewise, I will say etiquette. If you know that you are bringing an entire store with you of toys, oh, yeah. no, you don't get to spread them all out like a storefront to have one scene to hit someone with one object. That is such a dick move. And I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen people show up to clubs with like these elaborate PVC pipe toy stations that they built so that they yeah. can put all their toys up. I appreciate that you're doing pickup play and you want people to see like, hey, here's all the cool shit I can hit you with. I Especially totally get if they're it. They're handcrafted. Yeah, I get mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But within reason, if right. it's going to take up more than three feet, ask to be a vendor. <laughs> Yeah, really? <laughs> like, because I, so I was at another club. This was not when I was running. I was a, I was a participant party goer. And this person shows up and, and I, you know, I say PVC for a reason. They built this PVC stand that easily was four to five feet long, two feet deep, and easily three to four feet high. Oh, geez. It was a wall. With all these hooks so that they could hang everything and display all the, like, oh like, I fucking get it, right? Like, you're proud. Oh, and totally. God knows we spend shit tons of money on stuff. Like, it's what we do. Everybody sees cool toys and they have to have them. Oh, totally. I've got so many toys. And the longer you in it, the more toys you get, right? That's but, what pictures are for. Um. Absolutely. But the problem that it created in the space is that it took a space where one person was playing that could have actually been two to three people playing. Right. And so for busy nights or crowded venues, when space is kind of at a premium, it pulled a dick move and monopolized the entire corner and really shut down. Like the organizers came over and asked the person to pack all their shit up because they were like, yeah, that's not what we're here for tonight. And the person was like, yeah, but these are things that they use. And they're like, so the guy goes, can you pick five and limit it to that? And the guy was like, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, well, then you can leave. Yeah, totally. And I was like, oh, that turned quick. But I understand where the frustration came in, right? Because literally, oh, I think at this, at this venue, it was a strip club that they had 
like changed. And so there was really only four or five spaces to begin with that you could even play. And this guy had taken over like two of those spaces just off the top. And I, I get his frustration at being limited, mm-hmm. but you know what? If you go into a venue, especially a smaller venue, I don't care what kind it is at that point. If somebody right. asks you to reduce the size of your space and they're not being unreasonable, have the decency to rem- remember that you're taking up space. Mm-hmm. You are a community member. Act like it. You're allowed right. to be frustrated. Like, I'm not saying don't be or that you're wrong to or that's invalid. Like, mm-hmm. no, no. You're allowed to be frustrated. But be frustrated and still a halfway decent human being for other players. Some of which may evaluate whether they play with you in the future as a result. Keep that yep. in mind. Because you being a dick to them isn't going to go well when they're like, oh, it's that guy. Mm. No, it doesn't. And I think that's what people forget is is people see those interactions that you have and it shapes their opinion on you and whether oh, or not they want to play with you, you know, and, and it, it'll shape whether or not they're even open to being approached by you. Yep. And it's, and it's, and it can be really unfortunate to watch when you see people try so hard. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, no, and- those are some of the, those are some of the egregious ones, like some of the funnier ones that I think are just no brainers. <laughs> um, you know, bathrooms are usually pretty limited. So if you know that you need to change in the bathroom, be realistic about what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. No, They're not I'm not going to pick rooms. on. Pe- <laughs> I'm not going to pick on people putting on latex because God knows that's its own. Oh God, gigantic that's a effort. whole project. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but latex aside, if you're getting dressed in a bathroom, you can get in, get out. Yeah. You know, and not every place. And here's the other thing, too. Not every place is going to have a coat check. Not every place is going to have a locker for you to store shit. You yeah. need to be prepared for that. Assume you know? that you are, unless you know for a fact and you've been there before, you read up on it or whatever. Assume that there is no space for you to do anything there. Mm-hmm. Wear a trench coat. Mm-hmm. Or whatever else you need to mask what you're wearing till you get there, you know, which is actually that kind of goes back into another etiquette point. Don't wear things out in public before you get to said venue. You know, if you've been around the block a couple of times, that's probably not a shocker. But for those that are like first getting their feet wet or still adjusting Mm -hmm. or whatever, don't wear your leathers or your assless chaps or your latex topless vest or whatever. All chaps are assless. Well, you know, I agree with you, but you know what I mean? There's people Mm -hmm. that don't know that. (laughs) scary as that might be but you know assume that you do not wear fetish wear out in public cover that shit up till you walk in the door assume that you are responsible for anything you bring with you and there's nowhere Mm -hmm. to stash it unless you know better unless you know better you'll be much happier the other thing too people need to research whether or not the venues they're going for are a dry club or not because I only operate dry clubs. Um, I have played at Absolutely. mixed venues. Never walk into a venue assuming you can bring in alcohol. That I'm sometimes sure. is an extreme faux pas. And I've, and I've had this happen. Mm-hmm. So the club that I'm, I'm helping manage now, I had a guy at an event. It was a femdom event. I walks in with a 12-pack. A yeah, now to <laughs> really? be fair, seltzers. 
He's he's like carrying a twelve pack, and he's he sets it on the counter and like is doing his forms and stuff. And I was like, "So what's that?" And he was like, "Oh, I just brought refreshments." And I was like, "For who?" And he was like, "Well, for me and like whoever I'm with." And I was like, "So you can go put those back in the car." And he was like, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause they have alcohol in them, and this is a dry club." And he was like, oh, well, that's stupid. These are like, you know, they're seltzers. They're like 3%. And I was like, I don't fucking care. Do you understand what dry club means? We do not allow outside food and beverage. Right. And the guy, especially at that time, because we were still under a lot of the, the COVID restrictions, so we didn't allow food at all. So unless you were diabetic or had some kind of medical thing, we didn't allow you to bring in any food. You had to no, leave totally. to go get food. <laughs> the guy was like mortally offended. And I was like... Your entrance fee does not make or break my night. You can fucking leave. No, absolutely. If you can't handle something that fucking basic, you can go. Yeah. And the the guy was like, well, but, and so this guy, he's like, well, what if I get thirsty? And I'm like, we have sodas and water and stuff in the back. Like we have a kitchen. You cannot bring in alcohol. Yeah. And so one of the other things that happened, and I have had at other parties too, he was sneaking out to his car, like going out to his car saying, oh, I'm going to go grab a cigarette. Oh, okay. God. And going in gaming. And then coming back in. And like the second time he came in, the door person came and got me. and was like, hey, listen, I'm pretty sure this guy's drinking in the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make that simple. So I walk up to him and I was like, hey, walk with me. So we get on the patio. I can smell the alcohol on him. And I was like, so I told you to go put those in your car that they weren't allowed in the, in the venue. And he goes, yeah. And I said, you went out to your car and you started drinking. And he was like, well, I got nervous. And I'm like, how many have you had? And he was like, I've had like two or three. And I was like, okay. So at this point, I'm not comfortable with kicking you out because I don't want you driving. So you need to call an Uber. And the guy was like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, either way, you're not coming back in here. But now I'm worried about you being a hazard. And as an event organizer, I can't kick you out of here knowing that you're going to drive away. Right. So I'm asking you to please call somebody or to call an Uber because I cannot you know, run the risk of you waffling somebody because you're shit-faced because you were just, quote-unquote, too anxious to come be an adult. And the guy, so the guy, of course, stomped out and left, got all pissed off, and he drove away. Not much I could do about that part. He came back the following month, and he was like, well, am I allowed in this time? And I was like, well, I don't know. Are you fucking sober? If you want to talk shit about it, now I'm going to make you an example. Yeah. And, and the guy was like, I'm not drinking this time. And I was like, how do I know? I was like, because your trust is broken. He's like, do you want to come inspect my car? And I was like, no, I'm not going to come check your car. I expect you to be an adult. But just understand that if you're intoxicated any way, shape, or form, I'm booting you out again. And the guy, the guy was sober. I mean, I will say that. He did show up sober after that. And he came up, it was like eight, eight or nine months later. And apologized. He was like, I was just so nervous and I was so intimidated. And I was like, you almost got banned from this club. Yeah. Like, seriously, I almost banned you. That night on the spot. He was like, you can do that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the fuck I can. I mean, alcohol laws are involved in some capacity, even if it's Mm -hmm. just policies. Like, the moment you mix alcohol in any capacity that is business or public presented, Mm -hmm. you should assume you need to put your big boy pants on. And that's that. I don't care if it's well, an it's, it's not even that. I mean, it's not even that. It goes a step further than that to me. It does. It's now a consent problem because now I'll every that. person that you're interacting with and every person that you played with, you're violating their consent because you are lying about your state of mind. 
You're lying. And they are inadvertently possibly violating yours because you're not 100%. 100%. Yep. Absolutely exactly. not okay. Yep. No. And you think you're going to top somebody? Fuck off. Well, you, think you're gonna, you think you're going to bottom to me? Mm-mm. See, and that's – I find it interesting that there are wet clubs because – and I don't say there's anything wrong with it per se or anything. I'm not judging those that do it. It's that I've been kinky long enough to remember where all activity, all play activity mm-hmm. was in a dry setting. Always. It mm-hmm. was considered bad form to be under the influence in any capacity when playing. Yep. And that wasn't a you could be exiled or banned. It was the recognition that you should not be out of your mind in any capacity, no matter how mild, when actively playing with yourself or others in a risky situation, which is the nature of kink. And that was that. Like, put your big boy pants on, recognize that you need to do this pure spirit, so to speak. And that's that. And obviously things have changed, things have grown, you know, venues have become more privatized relative to what's going on, etc. We have sloshes, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I still mm-hmm. adhere to the dry rule for myself just because I won't, and I will ask people no matter what the venue is, are you dry at the moment? Are you sober at the moment? No, then I guess this conversation is over. And I'm not mean about it. Like I'm very clear about it up front and I'm not, you know condescending or judgmental because i'm not you're entitled to do whatever you want to do that's not my business if i'm not organizing the event i don't have a policy in place but i personally will not play with or interact with someone who's intoxicated while actively being kinky i just won't my thing is this i expect people to be adults if you go out for dinner and have a couple of cocktails and go to a club that's it's not crazy no you know if you if you have a cocktail while you're socializing and trying to break the ice and then you go play, that's not crazy. I've been at clubs that allow that. Um, I've been at several events where they have like a cocktail hour. And then once the cocktail hour is over and the meet and greets, like the bar becomes soda kind of only um, right. unless they know that you're not playing. And I've had clubs where they can actually, they actually do keep tabs on that. And they'll, they'll communicate with each other. That way, if, if you've had a couple of drinks and then you go back to play, they'll actually flag you. Oh, no, totally. And that's... And pull you aside and ask you. And that's roughly um, where my filter so, is. And, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can so have that's what I mean. Glass. Expect to be I'm an adult, be right? like, oh, God, how dare you? It's, is it obvious right. that you are possibly misunderstanding perception at the moment, or is your perception skewed? <laughs> You know. Well, see, the problem I get out here a lot has to deal with marijuana because oh, people I'm are sure. like, okay, so it's a, they're like, oh, it's a dry club. That's fine. That's definitely. And I'm like, no, we don't allow anything. Right. And, and we're like, yeah, we don't allow anything. And they're like, well, but I have America, medical marijuana. Okay. That's fine. You can't use it in here. Right. And they're like, well, what if I'm vaping? You're Same not doing thing. it here. <laughs> we're not doing it here. We do not allow any drugs whatsoever unless it's Tylenol or ibuprofen. Don't fucking do it. And they're like, you don't even oh. smoke inside. You go outside to do that. So why would you think that Seriously. would be acceptable? <laughs> Seriously, you know. And then you've got the people on top of all of that. You've got sky high heels, platforms, everything else. Like I'm going to be oh, able to tell yeah. you, fuck that. <laughs> like it's quick. <laughs> it's very quick. Because we've got a ramp you have to walk up and everything. Six-foot boot spike heels were interesting, and maybe they're (laughs) sexy for some people. 
But the moment you're even a little intoxicated, you're going to know how good you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dude, 100%. 100%, right? And Which is why I laugh about it. Because I'm like, oh yeah, you're going to give it away eventually if somebody watches you long enough. Like, it's just going to happen. Well, and that's but why like, I say it's not a, a malicious or a, a judgmental mm-hmm. policy for myself even. it's I recognize that other people hate differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. I will size it up in the situation and decide that maybe you're not in a position I'm okay with. And I'll Mm -hmm. casually tell you about it without malice. Like the point isn't to be mean or judgmental at all. I don't want you to feel bad for doing it. It's this is where my boundary is and I'm expressing it. So you understand. And if you dry up and still want to pursue it, we can. Or in the meantime, you can pursue someone who will happily do that with you regardless. And that's okay too. It's no different than negotiation to me about anything else in that capacity. Well, but that's like pickup play. Yeah. Like, you know, another, another etiquette point, Beat right? Pickup play is its own etiquette. <laughs> Beat and re- well, that's my preference. Right. Um, kind of like one of the other things with pickup play that happens is that it's like people don't know how to approach each other and ask for anything. Yeah. And people, people have to get it through their minds. You are not going to get your needs met if you can't articulate what they are. Right. And if you can't articulate what the what they are, have the grace to say that. You know what? I'm not sure what I'm looking for. I just know that I saw X, Y, Z, and it looked really fucking cool. And I kind of want to try that. You know what? That's a great starting point. Yeah. But what I found is that you'll be at a, at a party. Somebody sees somebody that sparks their interest and like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to that person. Cool. They get the courage. They approach that person. And instead of saying, hey, are you open to a conversation? They walk up and hand them an implement. They're like, hey, so do you want to use that on me? Uh. Oh, no, the fuck I don't. As a matter of fact, that was the least sexiest thing you could have done. Right? Yeah. And I've I've had that. So, and again, I don't know if it's because I'm a femdom or what, but like I get that a lot. Dudes will just totally walk up to me and they'll hand me an implement. And they're like, hey, so can you hit me with this? I'm sorry. Is this Burger King? No. <laughs> Are you paying me by the hour? No, you can't just walk up and demand. Like, the fuck? No. Seriously. Now, if you come up to me, ma'am, can I talk to you? Because I'm interested in interacting with you. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. Sure. Okay, what would you like to discuss? Well, you know, I saw you play with, you know, that guy over there. And, you know, what you did looked really cool. And I was kind of curious if we could talk about that. Because I might be interested in trying that with you. Well, holy shit. You've just articulated that you're a whole ass person. Right. Yeah. You know? You've gone past Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you're branching off into actual psychology. I appreciate you. <laughs> it's more accurate than it should be, though. <laughs> but, but seriously, right? No, totally. And but, but I've also watched and it's it's more awkward when you see new person find new person. Oh god. And I, <laughs> yep. And I and it's so sweet. Like, it's almost like somewhere. a high school dance. Well, it's a high school dance, right? Because it's oh, so cute. Sure. And and you see them, they they like find each other and they're like, hi, um, so hey, do you know anything about this? Yeah, I know a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Then they like stare off like, you do. <laughs> right. Like, you know, because um, my thing is this, and it goes, it's true for online. If you want to walk up and approach someone, have in your mind why you wanted to approach them. Exactly. Because they're going to ask you, <laughs> why me? I always ask that when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I want to submit to you. Why? Why me? Right. And then they look at you like, well, why not you? 
No, wrong question. Literally, why me? Of all the people out there in Fetlandia, who chose me? <laughs> I'm curious to know what about my special little snowflake stood out to you that you were like, I need that in my life. I want to know that. Because now, because it tells me what kind of an interaction we might have. Oh, totally. You know, and if, because if a guy walks up and is like, yeah, I just liked your rack, so I figured I'd come say hi. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't care about you. You come up to me and say, hey, you know, I've heard some of, you know, your talks about things, and I like some of your views on X, Y, and Z. I'd like to talk to you more. Hey, that's an attention getter. That's a whole different interaction. You got it. You know? <laughs> hey, I've watched you play with somebody, and I really like your technique on this. Like, where did you learn that? Or who did you learn that from? Well, holy shit. Now, that's a great conversation you starter. You just tickled my brain. Let's do this. Yep. But it's but the difference is these are open-ended questions. Like right. if you just walk up to somebody and you're like, hey, so how are you? Great. That's not yeah. a conversation starter. No. That's a closed-ended question. Right. You know, and I get that all the time online, especially. People are like, hi, mistress. Well, and that's – it's not hi. just a, a kink thing. That's actually a human interaction thing in general. Like first meetings of any time, but especially relationships of even casual mm -hmm. nature. The opener should never be closed. I agree. Because I agree. then you start, you know, and guys are really good for this. Stop me if you've seen this one. You know, and I specifically mean heteronormative males who've not had any time to experiment with the fact that people don't operate this way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's so what do you do? Oh, cool cool what about <laughs> and they'll go through a series of closed-ended questions because in their brain they're mm -hmm. thinking they're getting to know the person and they're sounding interested the problem is they're not leaving not. it open enough for that person to actually express themselves mm -hmm. and so there's no opportunity for dialogue Correct. <laughs> and it's just like Correct. dude you're fucking yeah. it up <laughs> Especially when it's something that's like really yeah. to me. That kind of connection, like to be fair, it is so hard to put yourself out there. It is so oh, hard to go up to a, a virtual stranger and say, hey, listen, I might want to do this thing that we're not supposed to talk about because society says it's bad. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's all of this anxiety that goes into this. And that's why I say these things to give people an edge over their anxiety. Like I, I want, like, I want people to understand that all of us are anxious. All of us are nervous. All of us are scared to a degree. All of us. Oh, absolutely. Even the most domliest, domly, domly dick out there still has a <laughs> level of apprehension when they're encountering a new person I because mean, there's nobody likes being rejected. Well, and I always point out that all kinksters have some degree of social awkwardness or anxiety anyway. Mm -hmm. Like it's the nature of our type. You think it's any easier for me to tell myself it's time to go to a venue? <laughs> Doesn't matter how many I've been to. I just don't want to. Doesn't matter that I'm going to have a great time once I'm there. I just don't want to. Mm -hmm. Current yeah. me is not looking forward to future me because he hasn't figured out how good that's going to be yet. I mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's oh, totally. most kinksters in some form or another. Whether it's self-doubt, anxiety, whatever it is. It is not unique or even remotely you remnant or wow, remnant. I need more coffee. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here we go. Last is that like a revenant? <laughs> that would be worse. Then it haunts your dreams. Uh, 
I mean, some people can, but I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> right? That's a whole different discussion. Um, that's and scarousal isn't the topic of the day. Uh, <laughs> but no, but it, no I'm, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think to of like... People is what I was going for. No, not at all. I was trying to think of like other etiquette type things. Because um, like, I mean, those... Like we've hit the main ones that I know are like that irks me that I see the most right. often. Um, I will say this. Here's another one. And it just comes down to basic human fucking decency. When you are walking into a club, <laughs> when you're walking into a club and obviously you have to walk up to whatever ticket type person, you know, <laughs> safety person, whatever that's at the door taking cash or whatever it might be. Checking tickets, checking IDs. Right. Give me a solid. Don't ever throw things at said door person. Uh, really? Mm, yeah, uh, like, I don't know. And here's the other thing, too. You may be in a dynamic, but the staff is not in a dynamic with you. Right. So I have seen on more than one occasion when waivers and stuff are involved, the dominant will hand the submissive the waivers and be like, here, fill this out for me. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. This is granted. You can argue till the cows come home whether or not it's a legal document. But at the end of the day, don't be an ass. Fill it out yourself. No. Hand it back to the door person. Like you're in a community like, setting. They're not doing your dirty work at home. Exactly. Like that's not at all what this is for. And like one of because I've seen this a lot, and it's mostly dominance that do this. Yeah. They'll throw their IDs at the person, or they'll throw it down at, or they'll throw their credit card down on the counter, things like that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if I was a submissive who saw someone dominant do that instantly they're on my fuck off list yeah it's not a badge of honor no and it's just communal poor behavior you are not that special in a community i mean (laughs) and at the you know in the end of the day though and, and i think why it's it's so disrespectful clubs don't have to operate and clubs don't have to let you in yes absolutely you're there as a courtesy and so to show that kind of disregard to the staff that early in the game and you haven't even made it through the door, dude, I don't care if you're paying five bucks to get in. I don't care if you're paying 150. I'm going to ask you to leave. See, like, I think people forget that just because you go to a venue isn't any different than going to someone's house. You mm-hmm. are a guest. You as yeah. a guest should expect to act a certain way. You are not in your own home. Full stop. Mm-hmm. I don't care oh. where you went. You are not at home. Let's start there. Very mm-hmm. basic base. You know, I don't care if it's someone's house. Yes, you expect them to behave a certain way as their host mm-hmm. of the space you've come to. You are still expected to act a certain way as a guest. You don't live there. And they absolutely can uninvite you. It's their home. And that's that. And if you can't wrap your head around that, maybe you should stay home. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Because I don't care if it's a play space, a munch. I don't care if you're going to fucking Fridays for burgers and fries with your buddies. Same shit applies. It's not your house. Don't act like it is. I don't care if you've been there That's 50 the times part. and all the bartenders know you. You know why they know you? Because you're not a complete asshat. And if that's why they know you, it's not something you want. Promise. Yeah. 
I guarantee you someone spit in your drink this week. <laughs> I mean, this is real life. Nobody treats you like gold if you act like fucking bronze. Or better yet, fucking copper. And, you know, mm-hmm. or my personal favorite, tin plating, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> see, one that I wouldn't call, like, absolute base etiquette, but it's it kind of goes on both sides of the coin. It's like a double-edged thing where organizers have a certain degree of this, too. Specifying mm-hmm. the venue you're in being a no-sex or sexual venue. And that tends That's to go more to private parties than public. I mean, obviously, it's relative. But I, at one point, I went to a regularity of parties in a certain place where the guy ran them out of his home. Um, he wasn't leather, but he effectively ran a kinky household. Uh, he and his wife would cater for these large-ass, like, movie night parties and all kinds of other shit. Sometimes kink involved afterwards, sometimes not. And he would go out of his way to describe when he was introducing, especially at Munch's when he was advertising, you know, that his community exists and you can come to it and vet with me and all that good shit. Because, you know, that's what you do. But when he was promoting, even, he would specify, now I'm going to warn you up front, when you come to one of our venue events, you need to pay attention to whether or not sex is off limits or not. Simply for your own courtesy, because if you came to one of our play parties, there's a good chance you're going to see somebody go off to a bedroom at some point. If that's not something you're comfortable with knowing happened, please don't come. For your own (laughs) sake and ours, because you're going to be unhappy, and we're not going to tell you you're entitled to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that now. If you come to one of our no-sex parties, I assure you you will be validated, because we won't allow it either. That's kind of the point. Yeah. But know that some of our parties are like that. It is our home. We do have multiple extra bedrooms for that purpose because that is what we wanted in our venue. It's a place for that to happen as well. Mm -hmm. We have strict rules and guidelines that are explained on site once you start. But know that if you join one of our venues, this is a possibility. And I think just the fact that he he went out of his way to explain it, not as a, well, tough shit, it's going to happen. But so that the person who wanted to attend had an understanding of what could be expected, and it was up to them to decide if that's something they're comfortable with, instead of waiting till you walked in the door, or saw yeah. it on darker Facebook. I mean, you know. <laughs> that's, no, I I agree with you, absolutely. And on the side, the other side of that, the onus is on the person who attends. If you attend a party where sex is going to happen. Don't be a dick. You knew what you signed up for. You knew that people were beating on each other, naked, having a good time. It's kink. It's sexy. People are going to town on each other for the purpose of making it sexy. Sexy shit's gonna happen. Moans, liquids, all the other fun shit. Mm -hmm. It's literally what you signed up for. Don't be a dick. Outside of someone like accidentally bumping into you in a way you're not okay with, which is obviously a whole different thing. Which goes back to no touching, and honestly, unless you were fucking in the first place, they probably shouldn't. Um, but that's another whole level of detail we're not getting into today. But don't be, you know, the dick in a venue where that is okay. You know, and I've been to venues where it's it's technically private, and while it's not explicitly no sex is allowed, there were riggers who would suspend people and then use dildos and vibrators and whatnot after negotiation. 
And that was an accepted part of the venue because it was private. And people would lose their ever-loving minds. It's like it says on the door this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. And that's and that's the thing is people need to uh, stick to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're allowed to know what you don't know, obviously. But if you walked into a venue where something sexual is going on and it's allowed at that venue, you are not entitled to be a dick because you forgot or didn't read up on it. Do your homework. And I'm not saying that to shit on new people coming in for not knowing. It's do your homework or recognize that it could happen and don't be a dick about it when it does. Because there's nothing wrong with making a mistake and realizing, oh, shit, I didn't mean to come to one of these. No one's going to fault you for that. They're going to fault you for being a dick. <laughs> well, and, and sex or not, like, it doesn't change the actual activities happening. No, not at all. The power exchanges and things like that. Like, to me, like, the club I'm affiliated with now, we only allow sex on members-only nights specifically to eliminate the tourism factor. Oh, absolutely. And the creep factor, right? Because the reality is that is a sacred exchange. And yes. it's not an everyday exchange. And it shouldn't be. No, no. And, and it shouldn't be unless you're into that, in which case you're in the swinger community most likely anyway, which is different. Mm-hmm. No, it's not something where you want uninvited guests, as it were, for lack of a better way to describe well, it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that kink is inherently sexual, so they play sexual. And right. and I firmly support that because I do like Obviously, when I play with my husband, that's extremely sexual. I'm not like that with my submissives. It's a different kind of right. play. It's a different headspace for me, right? It's so, a power exchange. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, 100%. At least for me. And, and I separate BDSM, kink, and sex. Those are very separate spaces for me. And my leather is completely separate from that to a large degree. Right. And, and so for me, I'm not, I don't have the same vibe, I don't have the same intention when I want to play sexually. And so I do keep that specific for those nights. Right. Totally. Um, no. And the other thing too, is like typically parties that allow sex are not as heavily attended in our area unless the focus is on sex. Um, and I see a lot of the questions that get emailed to the club, you know, cause I get the emails right. and it's always like one of two things are happening. People are asking if they can order up, play partner no and and i mean that in the sense like they don't phrase it that way obviously but it's like hey if i show up it's like hey if i show up are there going to be people there that i can play with well fuck i don't know did you talk to them first no but yeah that i at least understand Mm -hmm. where they don't want to be in a venue like that alone well they don't want to go they don't want to go to a venue where everyone's already partnered right they don't want to go to a venue where the pickup play is not a thing right completely understand yeah, if I went with the intent to play, I wouldn't want that feeling either. I totally get that. Mm. Absolutely. And so, like, kind of some of the other stuff, too, is, like, um, like I've seen people that are like, hey, I, I want to make sure that I can play with a female dominant. We can't guarantee that for you. We don't know who's going to show up. Oh, and then we get the other side. It's like, hey, my partner and I want to have sex. Is that acceptable during a scene? Yes. But make sure you come on these nights and make sure that you're a member. Yeah. You know, and so then it, then it seems to go a lot better. 
Well, it keeps it simple, which is what it should be. You know, Mm -hmm. it it goes back to what we say all the time about we do all these extra steps now ahead of time, whether it's as an organizer, a member, a goer, a tourist. You do all the extra steps before you get to the good stuff so that once you get to the good stuff outside of a snafu, because people are people, it's all fun and fuckery. And there's no interruptions to that because in the moment, you don't want any of those red tape moments. You don't want any of those snafus. You want it to be smooth and fit the fantasy and intense and all the things you want it to be, whatever your end point's going to be for that. So right. doing all those extra steps ahead of time, whether you're in charge or not, lets you dodge all that shit when you get to the good stuff. And nobody likes thinking about, well, I got to do all this stuff first. No, I don't like it either, per se. I like it for my own safety these days because I've reached an age where I appreciate the need for it differently. But I understand that it's all extra steps. And everybody just wants to get to the fuckery. God knows I want to get to the fuckery. Shit. But I don't want to have it interrupted once I'm there. Mm Mm-hmm. So I do all the extra shit ahead of time so that doesn't happen. And especially for a longer term partner or a more intense play partner where it's, I haven't had a a pickup and play in a long time now. But, you know, I would have scenes that were sometimes hours Mm -hmm. with a dedicated play partner where they were just a casual play partner. Otherwise, we weren't like lovers or anything like that. And it would be hours. We would take breaks. We would hydrate. We would have a meal. Like, because that's Mm -hmm. what we negotiated. They wanted an intense day and I gave it to them. You don't want that interrupted in the middle. Yeah. So you plan ahead. You negotiate. You schedule. You work out all the details. You plan to the best of your ability with other people for your phones to not go off. If you can help it, depending on what you do and all that other shit. All of those things matter. And yeah, it's a lot of extra steps, but it means that once you get to it, you don't have any of it. You can just have fun. I never want that to not be fun. It shouldn't be work once you get there. Mm. That kind of defeats the point. At least for me, that defeats the point. Once I'm in the moment Mm -hmm. and once the scene opens, I want it to be what it is. That's kind of the point for me. You know, I long ago reached a point where it's non sex, kink, and leather are all interchangeably separate things for me at this point in my life. Yeah. So I don't need one to roll into the above. But it means I want it to go smoothly regardless because I'm in it for the moment. That makes sense. That's it. All right. Um, Yep. I, I have to wrap up. No, absolutely. Um, we can always do a separate segment when Devil, Devil sleeps gets off his birthday, which is totally valid, and I hope he's having a grand old yeah. time. Uh, I hope so, too. But otherwise, awesome. absolutely. For those of you listening now, thank you so much. Um, stay tuned for a part two. Yep. And y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, y'all. <laughs> Amen. Yay. <laughs>